Internal Revenue Service IRS Tax News. National Taxpayer Advocate assesses tax filing season and identifies areas for IRS improvement in mid-year report to Congress. IR 2021-139, June 30, 2021, Washington. National Taxpayer Advocate Erin M. Collins today released her statutory mandated mid-year report to Congress. There's a link to that report here. The report presents an assessment of the 2021 filing season, identifies key objectives the Taxpayer Advocate Service, the TAS, will pursue during the upcoming fiscal year and contains the IRS's responses to each of the 73 administrative recommendations the advocate made in her 2020 annual report to Congress. The advocate report emphasizes that the difficulties the IRS faced in performing its traditional work due to the COVID-19 pandemic and the added responsibilities it has assigned to make three rounds of stimulus payments combined to create significant challenges for taxpayers. So obviously there's been a lot of changes in the tax law for the last couple of years here. A lot of the kind of stimulus stuff has gone through the Internal Revenue Service, including, of course, the stimulus payments, changes to the tax code, the tax credits and whatnot, making more of them refundable. I'm sure this has caused a lot of difficulties for the Internal Revenue Service to process this kind of thing through because oftentimes in general circumstances, the goal of the tax code is usually to be somewhat consistent, somewhat constant. So the rapid changes that have been taking place, I'm sure, have been uh, difficult for in part. So, quote, this past year and the 2021 filing season conjure up every possible cliche for taxpayers, tax professionals, and IRS and its employees, in quotes, Collins wrote, quote, it was a perfect storm. It was the best of times and the worst of times. Uh, patience is a virtue. With experience comes wisdom, and with wisdom comes experience. Out of the ashes we rise, and we experienced uh, historical highs and lows, end quote. So we have some of those cliches there for us. So the IRS timely processed most tax returns and timely issued most stimulus payments. During the 2021 tax filing season, the IRS processed 136 million individual income tax returns and issued 96 million refunds totaling about 270 billion dollars that matches up closely to the results of the last typical filing season in 2019 in addition to its uh, traditional work the irs was direct directed by congress to issue three rounds of stimulus payments over the past 15 months and has made about 475 million payments worth 807 billion dollars to mitigate the impact of the pandemic on U.S. families and businesses. Quote, the IRS and its employee deserve tremendous credit for what they have accomplished under very difficult circumstances, end quote, Collins said, quote, but there is always room for improvement, end quote. The IRS finished filing season with over 35 million tax returns awaiting manual reviews. Although most taxpayers uh, successfully filed their returns and received their refund, a historically high number did not. At the conclusion of the filing season, the IRS faced a backlog of over 35 million individual business income tax returns that require manual processing. Obviously, manual processing is a problem given the fact that they're trying to automate everything and they kind of, they kind of took down the amount of manual people to process given the fact of COVID. So meaning that employee involvement in generally is generally needed before a return can advance to the next stage in the processing pipeline. 
The backlog includes about 16.8 million paper tax returns awaiting to be processed, about 15.8 million returns suspended during processing that required further review, and about 2.7 million amended returns awaiting processing. So if you haven't gotten your return processed yet, you know, there, it's, in that, it's in one of those piles, apparently. So the backlog results largely from the pandemic-related evacuation order that restricted employee access to IRS facilities. So obviously, this would be information like many businesses that would typically be done within the IRS, and they kind of cleaned out the IRS offices working from home and doing digital stuff and whatnot. So anything that needed manual processing becomes a problem, as I'm sure many of us are aware of in other areas as well. So processing backlogs matter greatly, uh, the report says, because most taxpayers overpay their tax through wage withholding or estimated tax payments and are entitled to receive refunds when they file their returns. So they're looking for a refund and they're not getting it if they're in the backlog here. And that causes, of course, upset people that, you know, are going to be upset. <laughs> so the government also uses the tax system to, di to distribute financial benefits. And this is becoming more and more of a thing here as we go through the kind of pandemic er area. They've been kind of uh, boosting up the stimulus components, including things like refundable credits, child tax credit, earned income tax credit, and whatnot. So far for year 2020, in addition to refunding overpayments of tax, the IRS has issued 20 million refunds that include earned income tax credit worth up to $6,660 and about 15 million refunds that include additional child tax credits worth up to $1,400 per qualifying child this year. Over 8 million taxpayers also may be eligible to receive recovery rebate credits. Quote, for taxpayers who can afford to wait, the best advice is to be patient and give the IRS time to work through its processing backlog, end quote, said Collins, or Collins wrote. So note, you might be waiting for your return, in other words, and it might be in one of these backlog situations, and what can you do? It doesn't look like you can do much, right? You can't really file, what are you going to do? Call. You can call them. You can base, but they're going to have to work through the backlog is basically the, the end of the story here. It's quite unlikely that you're going to be able to call them and push your return up to the front of the log or the front of the line. So that's probably not going to be able to happen. You don't want to do anything that will confuse the IRS, like filing an amended return or something like that on top of a return that doesn't need an amendment that could cause further backlog. So you know, you do what you do with the bureaucracy when you can't do anything more. You sit and wait and you hope that they that they get it through and then you try to answer their questions as cleanly as possible to to get the thing moving. So, but particularly for low-income taxpayers and small business operating on the margin, refund delays can impose significant financial hardships. The IRS received a record volume of telephone calls and only 7% of callers reached a telephone assistor uh, on the accounts management lines. So obviously, you know, they reduce the amount of call op operators they have as well. If there's a backlog in the refunds, then the call option, the calling come, goes up. And once again, most likely the operator is going to say, hey, there's nothing I can do to increase in the backlog. It's got to work through the backlog. But, you know, obviously you'd have a lot of calls. And again, if you're calling someone and you can't get a hold of like an institution like the IRS, then that can be frustrating. So when a taxpayer needs general information or is responding to an audit or a collection notice, the IRS toll-free lines are often the taxpayer's first or second option. During the 2021 filing season, the IRS received 167 million telephone calls, over four times as many calls 
as during the 2019 filing season. And that would make sense just given the fact that you got the backlog, you got a bunch of new stuff happening, you got stimulus programs, benefits programs within the IRS, so that's a call lot calling would go up. So IRS employees could not keep pace with the massive volume of calls resulting in the poorest service ever. The IRS reported a, quote, level of service, end quote, on accounts management telephone lines of 15%, with only 7% of taxpayer calls reaching a telephone assister. Well, that, that is pretty low. On the, quote, 1040, end quote line, the most frequently called IRS uh, toll-free number, taxpayers placed about 85 million calls and only 3%, i.e. about about 3 out of 100. Wow, that's pretty small. Reached a telephone assister. They might as well take the number off the form, right? Don't don't call the number. Just don't call. You're not going to... All right. Any case. Quote, when uh, so few callers can get through to the telephone assister, problems remain unsolved and taxpayer frustration mounts, end quote, Collins wrote. The IRS can apply lessons learned from the past year to improve its operations in the future. Over the long run, the report says the lessons learned from the pandemic can be useful in helping to identify or uh, reprioritize needs for improved tax administration and taxpayer service. Collins wrote, quote, the pandemic, pandemic exposed weaknesses and vulnerabilities that must be strengthened. It forced the IRS to experiment with new approaches to old problems. It led to a renewed awareness of the impact of cuts in the IRS's budget over the past decade and the IRS's need for additional funding. Uh-oh, there it goes. We need more money. <laughs> uh, they, they probably do, but it's probably a common common thing for any, any institution. But in case, and it's causing the IRS and congressional overseers to collaborate to steps to improve the IRS performance going forward to provide taxpayers with the service they deserve, end quote. They probably do need more funding with all the, all the changes that have happened. I would hope maybe the changes go down and the code gets simplified and the whole process becomes you know, like easy and then then maybe but whatever here we go the report recommends the irs take these uh, proactive steps to improve service and communicate with taxpayers prioritize the development of accessible robust online accounts the irs offers an online account option for individual taxpayers but its usefulness is limited in two ways so this is a nice thing you can kind of log into the account which is something they probably are behind, well, they certainly are behind on most businesses. So if they can do that securely, that would be great. But limitations, she says. First, most taxpayers who try to establish online accounts fail because they cannot pass the e-authentication requirements. That's not good. Second, the functionality of the accounts is very limited. TAS recommends that taxpayers be given the option of interacting online with the IRS for all common transactions, just as customers routinely interact with their financial institutions through online accounts. That's something that's probably going to have to happen. They do need to push that up. I agree. I agree. For my for what it's worth, I agree. TAS further recommends that tax practitioners be given access to online accounts on behalf of their client taxpayers and that the IRS prioritize providing this service to practitioners. Expand customer callback technology to all IRS toll-free telephone lines. Many businesses and federal agencies with large telephone call centers offer customers the option of receiving a callback when the wait time to speak with customer service representative is too long. Again, seems like they can totally do that. I mean, why, why couldn't you? Yes, that's very common. 
for businesses. I agree. I concur with that again. Callback option. Callback option should be there. The IRS offers this option to some of its telephone lines, but the option is not yet offered to most lines, including the high volume lines. And uh, particularly in light of the telephone challenges taxpayers have experienced over the past year. Obviously, the problem with that at this point, if only 3% of the calls are getting called back, the, the thing would have to say, hey, we're going to call you back within, I don't know, a month or something like that. You'll get a call back. Make sure you wait by the phone. But in any case, once they get it under control, that would be good. So TAS recommends that the IRS make customer callback an option on all high-volume telephone lines. Reduce barriers to e-filing tax returns. One of the biggest challenges the IRS was was faced over the past year has been processing paper returns. Some taxpayers prefer to file on paper, but many taxpayers file on paper because they are prevented from e-filing. There are three principal obstacles to e-filing. One, taxpayers sometimes are required to submit statements or other substantiation with their returns, and the attachments generally cannot be e-filed. And two, some tax forms are not accepted electronically, and three, taxpayers sometimes need to override default entries when preparing their returns with tax software, and some of these overrides render returns ineligible for e-filing. So clearly they're trying to get the e-filing thing going. They've been pretty good. That's been fairly successful, I think, on the push for that, but clearly they can you know, do better on that, on that as well. So TAS recommends the IRS address these limitations so all taxpayers who wish to e-file the return may do so. Utilize uh, scanning technology for individual income tax returns prepared electronically but submitted on paper. When taxpayers file returns on paper, IRS employees must manually transcribe the data line by line into IRS systems. So yeah, you would think they could just scan the tax returns since they're all uniform, the same kind of tax return thing. You'd think you'd be able to do that. But in, in any case, if they move away from the from the the paper filing, maybe, maybe, you know, I'm not sure if they want to invest all in the scanning and then they move away from the paper filing. But yeah, you would think you could scan it, I would think. In any case, in 2020, the IRS received about 17 million individual income tax returns and millions of businesses and other tax returns on paper. Manually entering data from so many paper returns is an enormous task. Yeah, I would think so. And transaction, I would, yeah, transaction errors are common. I would think so. Manually entering will lead to errors top typically, particularly no longer returns on longer returns. So scanning technology is available that would allow the IRS to machine read paper returns and avoid the need for manual data entry. So TAS understands the IRS is exploring the implementation of scanning technology for paper 2020 tax returns and recommends it to do so for future years as well. Expand digital acceptance and transmission of documents and digital signatures. March uh, 2020 closure of IRS officers and mail facilities made it impossible for IRS employees to receive paper documents from taxpayers. As a workaround, the IRS issued temporary guidance that authorizes employees to accept and transmit documents related to the determination or collection of tax liability by email using established secured messaging systems. This is something, again, that they kind of do with DocuSign and whatnot on the private side, so I'm not sure what the what the delay is on the government side why you can't do that you still got to do fax things and stuff which doesn't seem to be more secure it seems less secure than some of the e-signature so i'm not sure why that's a problem 
but employees are also permitted to accept images of signatures scanned or photo or photographed so again they accept those which obviously can be altered and digital signatures on documents related to determination or collection of tax liability tas recommends irs make these temporary solutions permanent and continue explore explore and prioritize additional additional digital communication options so yeah i think those are in the business side of things pretty effectively at this point so yeah you think any case offer video conferencing options to tell to taxpayers video conference uh, technology allows taxpayers and their authorized representative to be both seen and heard to share documents without being physically present the irs independent office of appeals offers webex technology for virtual face-to-face conference among taxpayers representatives and appeals officers the irs office of chief counsel and the u.s tax court are also conducting video communications and virtual trials using zoomgov.com although video conferences should not replace in-person or telephone conference options it adds a vital human interaction option to enable communication with taxpayers when appropriate and provides option options for taxpayers with difficulty traveling or the inability to take extended time off from work TAS recommended the IRS evaluate the feasibility of expanding the use of these technologies as to as many taxpayers facing functions and possibly are possible without removing the in-person options for taxpayers. I would think that would be reasonable as well. I concur. These are excellent recommendations so far to, for most of them, as far as I can tell. So video conferencing should continue to be expanded and offered as an option to taxpayers uh, because it can help fill current or future voids in face-to-face service as taxpayer assistance centers, TACs, and in working with revenue agents or revenue officers. It can also uh, be a useful tool to supplement correspondence audits where conversing face-to-face may facilitate a better understanding of the taxpayer's return. In addition, taxpayers who are geographically remote from a TAC and taxpayers with mobility or transportation challenges find video conferencing technology more helpful and economical than traveling for an in-person conference. I would think that would certainly be true. So IRS responses to the National Taxpayer Advocate Administration recommendations. I, I'm going to guess their response here is going to be no. No, just kidding. I, I think they're good recommendations and they should be they should be done if possible. In any case, for what it's worth. So the National Taxpayer Advocate is requiring by statute to submit year-end report to Congress that, among other things, makes administrative recommendations to resolve taxpayer problems. Section 7803C3 of the Internal Revenue Code authorizes the National Taxpayer Advocate to submit administrative recommendations to the commissioner and requires the IRS to respond within three months. Under this authority, the National Taxpayer Advocate annually transmits to the commissioner all administrative recommendations proposed in her year-end report for response. The National Taxpayer Advocate made 73 administrative recommendations in her 2020 year-end report and then submitted them to the commissioner for response. The IRS has agreed to implement 48 or 66% of the recommendations in full or in part. That's pretty, that seems pretty good. Good, good, good. Okay, so the IRS responses are published in the appendix to the report. 
The national taxpayer advocate is required by statute to submit two annual reports to the House Committee on Ways and Means and the Senate Committee on Finance. The statute requires these reports to be submitted directly to the committees without any prior review or comment from the Commissioner of Internal Revenue, the Secretary of the Treasury, the IRS Oversight Board, any other officer or employee of the Department of the Treasury or the Office of Management and Budget. The first report must identify the objectives of the Office of the Taxpayer Advocate for the fiscal year beginning in that calendar year. The second report must include a discussion of the 10 most serious problems encountered by taxpayers, identify the 10 tax issues most frequently litigated in the courts, and make administrative and legislative recommendations to resolve taxpayer problems. The National Taxpayer Advocate blogs about key issues in tax administration. Send an email. There's an email address if you want to do that here. There'll be a link to this in the description if you want to check it out. And then post blogs from the National Taxpayer Advocate can be found at the Taxpayer Advocate blog. There's a link to that here as well. About the Taxpayer Advocate Service, the Taxpayer Advocate Service, the TAS, the TAS, is an independent organization within the IRS that helps taxpayers and protects taxpayers' rights. So they're supposed to be like the good guys. They're, they're like part of the government, but like on our side as the taxpayers, the advocates. That's why they're the advocates. So your local taxpayer advocates number is in your local directory and uh, on the Contact Us webpage, there's a link to that here, you can also call TAS toll-free at 877-777-4778. You can check that out in the description. I know that I said that quickly. TAS can help if you need assistance in resolving an IRS problem, if your problem is causing financial difficulty, or if you believe the IRS system or procedure isn't working as it should. Our service is free. For more information about TAS and your rights under the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, go to the Taxpayer Advocate Service. There's a link to that here. You can get updates on tax topics at facebook.com forward slash your voice at IRS, twitter.com at your voice at IRS. There's links to these here. And then they have a YouTube page as well. So there'll be a link to those things here. There'll be a link to this in the description.